0: start with washington dc this morning matthew bartlett of darby field advisors checking in with a perspective on the primary good morning sir and happy new year hey good morning jack
1: happy new year to you happy new year jay dog and and everyone else out there yeah i'm here in dc uh city um it's a new year uh, same old people same old problems we're 17 days away from a shutdown um, and people are talking or or unfortunately maybe not talking um, but, yeah, everyone is, is is buzzing about New Hampshire right now.
0: Well, let's come back to that. But just the stuff on Washington, I know that's where you – your perch is, your seat is. Darby Field Advisors, one of our great partners and sponsors, bipartisan, great public, affer- public affairs firm. The Congress is off this week. People are getting back to work this week. They have another week off because they're so overworked. And then you're saying – other than the Ukrainian and, and funding for the, the war with Israel and Hamas and the Ukrainian situation, you're saying that another looming government shutdown?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if we don't find agreement um, on not just Ukraine, not just Israel, um, but the border, uh, defense spending, every single uh, agency and department, you know, the federal budget, um, we're heading towards, again, you know, these this weird... Um, laddered shutdown apparently and it's going to be very difficult to find absolute um, compromise with the White House with the Senate and then even within the Republican Party right now it's a very slim majority and it's very difficult to even find agreement within that own Republican majority. If you remember they had trouble picking a speaker um, now the only thing I think they've done since speaker having a speaker is pass yet another small con- continuous resolution which right. you know funded us into january and then um some sort of impeachment investigation into joe biden which no one's really quite sure on that either
0: matthew bar well, what's the real sense um as we go into the this year now we have the presidential election of course we'll kind of come back to you and the perspective on new hampshire's primary but there are a lot of members of congress not running again for re-election is there a sense yet on is it real, or is it predicated upon the presidential election on what party may come out ahead in 2024 in terms of the majority in the House and the Senate.
1: Yeah, listen, that's a really, really good point here. Um, so it's a, it's a big election year, presidential election year. Let's not expect Congress to do anything, right? Maybe let's hope for them to keep the lights on, you know, the bare minimum here. And as we look towards the horizon here, right now the general notion is, you know, Democrats could take the House because it was so narrowed this last time, and it's been such a mess but that Republicans could actually gain seats in the Senate. Think about maybe Montana. Think about Joe Manchin not running in West Virginia. And now you have the White House, and that you know could be a real coin flip. Maybe Donald Trump has an edge, um, and maybe that edge goes away as, as maybe his, his legal challenges rise. Or maybe New Hampshire disrupts it all, um, upends the apple cart, and, and we don't have Donald Trump as a nominee. Um, and maybe the Dems you know, decide to, to make a move too. So there's a lot of uncertainty in this town and across the country.
0: Matthew, sometimes a lot of life is the view from where you sit or your seat. And I guess the question is, you're a New Hampshire person, but you're in D.C. What is the perspective of the New Hampshire first-in-the-nation presidential primary coming up on Tuesday, January 23rd, after the caucus process in Iowa? What is the sense here? The narrative going in is Donald Trump has had a big poll lead for weeks or months. The polls seem to be tightening with Nikki Haley um, making a move or moving up, if you will. Trump's kind of like, as one of our analysts said, Neil Levesque, It's he's kind of like the goalpost. He kind of doesn't move with his number. The question is, can Haley continue to pick up independent or people who might vote that way? The other question is, I'm starting to see signs right in Joe Biden, who's not on the ticket here. And, and the Democrat power to be, despite the fact that Biden's not even respecting New Hampshire enough to run on the ballot the write-in campaign is being pushed, if you will. So Biden indirectly has a lot on the line here, because if he doesn't do well in the write-in as the incumbent Democrat president, that's not very good. And then there's a picture of Donald Trump. In Washington, do they just presume that Trump's going to win Iowa, the caucus, which is different than the actual vote, and then win the New Hampshire primary? Are they starting to look at this a little differently?
1: Um, You know, we are at the beginning, um, but it certainly could be the end. Let's just be clear here. In 2016, Donald Trump, failed to win Iowa, it seems as if his team right now is poised to win Iowa. Um, So if he does do that, that might be uh, one way to kickstart his campaign and and, and have this wrapped up, you know, right around Super Tuesday. Um, But as Governor Sununu likes to point out, this is a, you know, former president, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, like the incumbent president of the Republican Party. And the fact that he is not above 50%, you know, in Iowa or New Hampshire is telling and that there's really an opportunity. You know, forget about the past. We are in 2024. It's all about the future. Like you said, Nikki Haley's got a head of steam here. Ron DeSantis, boy, you know, people keep trying to write him off as dead, and and he keeps fighting back. Um, So I think this race is going to be very fluid, very dynamic, going to change. We will see what happens in Iowa. It could or it could not have an effect on new hampshire but new hampshire is really seen as um you know the more interesting of the early states here iowa you have evangelicals you have a a a a red state South Carolina, a very trumpy state very um, there 's no way that that could ever go blue in the election, um, but New Hampshire, not only are we a, a small state um, but we 're also a swing state, and what those independents choose to do right, right. really shows you know, who 's most electable in the nation um, you know, uh, general election wise so all eyes are on New Hampshire. it seems right. as if it could be a place where Trump you know um, could be dis- disrupted either dislodged as as the winner or more importantly as you 've highlighted Jack. Um, You know, what are the expectations games? You remember a a guy out of Hope, Arkansas, that came in second place, called himself the comeback kid, and the rest is history.
0: Right. I would think – I still think it's probably Trump's to lose. But if Donald Trump were – to be uh, upset here in New Hampshire by presumably Nikki Haley what is how damaging would that would would that be going forward for Donald Trump to states like South Carolina and Nevada and no doubt the Trump spin would be hey fake election New Hampshire they don't really know what they're doing up there but what how bad how bad would the news be to the Trump camp if he were to be upset here even by a few points of Nikki Haley and I'm not saying that's going to happen but what would the spin be
1: I mean, let's just be clear. It would be one of the biggest historical upsets in political history. Make no mistake. Donald Trump is treated as the, for, as, the, as the incumbent president within the Republican Party. If Nikki Haley can beat him or even come close, this would be huge, significant. Donald Trump's aura has always been, I win, I win, I crush him. He's been up here talking with a 70-point lead, uh, you know, a 60-point lead. If he were to somehow um, you know, even be in a race, much less you know get beaten in New Hampshire, it would be huge. All eyes of the country, you know, in the nation, eyes of the world would turn to Nikki Haley. Millions of dollars would instantly move off the sideline. This would become a very competitive race. Instantly, overnight, across the country, we would kick it off here in New Hampshire. It is very possible. We're going to see what Nikki does. She's got some granite Hill uh, heels. She's right. got the support of Governor Sununu. She's climbing the mountain. Um, but it would be a massive shock, like you said, even more so than Joe Biden, who is not competing in, in New yeah.
0: Hampshire. Hey, listen, we're going to let you go. You're welcome to join us, of course, as one of our political analysts and all-stars, Matthew Bartlett, Tuesday, January uh, 23rd, West Wing, St. Anselm College, as we kick off our election coverage that evening. Thank you, Matthew. Happy New Year. Live for or die. All right, coming up, Neil Vec Institute of Politics, speaking of St. Anselm College. Good morning, New Hampshire, the pulse of an H, powered by, in the new year, Sig Sauer, great manufacturer, great employer, and, of course, one of their main locations right over at the Pease International Airport, where things are booming, economically speaking, there. And a reminder, a reminder as we get going in the new year. Auto Fair, one of our great partners and sponsors, will be back with our state police segment. Brought to you by Auto Fair this Thursday morning. And a reminder, they have great things going on at off Auto Fair Honda, but at Auto Fair uh, Nissan in Stratum, where I have my uh, a new my, my rig from a few years ago on the pickup truck side in Stratum, the Nissan. Uh, you can just go in there and mention my name, this show, and save five hundred bucks. 500 bucks on any new or used vehicle in stock 500 bucks just go in and say my name on top of everything else right now great va- great value new and used vehicles back on good morning New hampshire the pulse of an h reminder wednesday morning january 17th coming up in a few weeks capital center for the arts bank of new hampshire stage the state of addiction and mental health nine to noon My Good Morning New Hampshire show on the road in Concord, a town hall dealing with the state of addiction and mental health right here at home. Brought to you by our great partners at Granite Recovery Centers, Anthem, Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Hampshire, InStride Health and some of our mental health uh, community uh, in, in, different County partners. And of course, we're going to really talk about the number one health issue affecting more people than anything else. Back with Lovec Good morning, New Hampshire. The pulse of NH now powered by Sig Sauer back in a moment. Good morning, New Hampshire powered by Sig Sauer. Now back to Jack Heath on the pulse of New Hampshire. All right. Welcome back. And, uh, that i don't know if you heard about that in new york that uh, the car the fiery crash here it's being investigated as possible domestic terrorism because one of the vehicles was absolutely loaded with extra gasoline as if it was meant to explode beyond the car crash so that's being investigated and how about that in japan that passenger flight that burst into flames after hitting that coast guard uh, uh aircraft that was on the uh i guess the tarmac in the area no one No one hurt. I mean, no one uh, died in that. Amazing. You see that fiery crash in Japan. All right, welcome back. Welcome back as we get going on this Tuesday morning. A lot to talk about. And a lot of eyes starting to shift in New Hampshire in the next few weeks. Neil Ovec, Institute of Politics, St. Anselm College, one of our great political analysts and all-stars. And I imagine you're going to get another snapshot in terms of a new hampshire poll soon and also have i think one big debate coming up before the primary but all eyes here is not much time neil between now and january 23rd now that we're in january 2nd good morning
2: yes and up until now i think uh everything is sort of a jump ball i mean up until now voters probably haven't really condensed around a candidate and I think you know. Not only is a day where today is a day where you're going back to work, you're going back to school. This is a day when voters, I think, are getting re-engaged in what's going to happen here in three weeks, and everything is up for play. That's that's my opinion. I think we're going to see a lot of polls between now and the primary day. Um, we are probably going to be coming out with one here, um, so we'll get a snapshot. But it's not definitive. But it's a snapshot because. Who knows what will happen that final weekend and the final days going up to the primary.
0: You know, I want to come back to the Republican side because that's really where the contest is. But I would not run away from a discussion on the Democrat side of the primary for Democrat voters because I'm starting to see where I live some of the write-in Joe Biden signs, lawn signs, because they have to remind people you got to write in Joe Biden because he's not on the ballot by choice because he's basically messing over New Hampshire, screwing over New Hampshire, doesn't want to run here. So Democrats, the powers to be, want the party faithful to write in the incumbent Democrat president by a big number. Question for you, will, the, will they?
2: Well, you've got to go to the polls. Now you got to write in Joe Biden. I think that there's enough animosity about the other side that a lot of Democrats probably will do that and they want to show support for the president, uh, even though his numbers aren't that necessarily so great, I think that a lot of diehards are going to do that. I think it's a little ridiculous in the fact that he decided not to actually compete in an election, and rather they're having power, you know, party bosses decide who their nominee is. We're going to see in the end, after this election next year, whether or not that was a smart decision, whether or not the Democratic Party should have allowed voters to choose the party nominee or the party bosses. So we'll see what happens. Um, not to say that elect, you know, people voting, uh, having a chance to vote, would not vote for Joe Biden. The question is whether or not uh, party bosses should be able to do this and make a well, decision without the
3: voters having a say.
0: Right. So I don't want to get we'll off. The, I don't want to get off the Democrat base for a moment, Neil. Vec. I want to stay with this because the last couple primaries check my math, I think a guy named Bernie Sanders won. And I think the Democrat Party here, the active, the true activist in the Democrat Party are further left than Joe Biden, in my humble opinion. And so my question is, he didn't do terribly well in 2020. In fact, he left the state before the votes were even tallied up that night to run down to South Carolina. So my question is, if independents are going to send a surprise message to the nation, potentially on the Republican side. Will Democrats send a surprise wake-up call to Joe Biden? We're not really digging you these days.
4: Well,
2: that was the hope, right? The Dean Phillips' hope is that he comes out, he says, I've supported Biden all along, but he's too old and we need a new generation. And the path forward for him after New Hampshire could be very difficult in other states, but it could send a big message. Whether or not he's really gain any traction here in new hampshire and will in the next three weeks is questionable the polling that we showed said that no he had not really gained that traction uh, i think that a lot of people would say if he had beaten joe biden here or even beaten a write-in effort by by joe biden that would have really would have shaken up the game and maybe democrats would say we need someone else to lead this party against Donald Trump, potentially, or some other candidate. Um, The data seems to indicate that that's not happening, but it could.
0: All right, Republican side, you know what the questions are behind the scenes. Probably still Trump's primary to lose, but is this Nikki Haley tightening and gaining traction 21 days to go, Neil. 21 days, right? Is it enough to catch Trump or not here?
2: I think this is like a Patriots game where the old days when they were way down in the fourth quarter, and you knew that they were going to do something here. She's got momentum, and she's gotten getting a lot of earned media, and I think that Trump, as I've said in the past, and you mentioned the previous thing, which is that He's like a goalpost. He doesn't go up, he doesn't go down. He can come in here and campaign and do all kinds of things, run ads, but he doesn't go up and he doesn't go down. So she's just got to overcome that number. And the expectations are that she's not going to be able to do that, right? Nationally, people are like, this is Trump's party, he's going to, you know, he's the nominee, etc. If she upsets that, even by one vote, it's going to be like an earthquake going across the country and right now the polls show that trump has a big lead nationally but if she wins even by one vote in new hampshire that will change very quickly so there's a lot at stake here and i mean she's not taking anything for granted she's coming here today she's back here today and tomorrow campaigning she's working new hampshire uh She's got Sununu, who is, like, probably one of the best guys to be promoting her ever in the state of New Hampshire. Uh, So I think that we could be sort of on the verge of at least seeing something big happening here. And I think that that's where a lot of the excitement still hangs for the presidential primary.
0: Real quickly, your last snapshot or poll, I think, had Trump at 44, Nikki Haley at 30, a 14-point delta. I know some recent polls had it in single digits. If you had to say today, do you think that's tightened or not? Your poll.
2: Oh, yeah, I think it's definitely tightened. We polled right after Cernino endorsed. She was down 14 from Trump. And since then, there's been several polls that have shown one digit. And remember, she's got momentum, and that's very important. It's on her side. So we'll see whether or not she can make this up. If a candidate were to drop out, that would be probably another big factor in all of this, because I think people potentially who are voting for Chris Christie, according to the data, mm-hmm. uh, maybe are not necessarily Trump people. So if we if that type of person dropped out, um, not saying he should, but if he did, that might might also have an effect. There's a lot of time here between now uh, and the primary.
0: Neil Vex, St. Institute of Politics, Executive Director, one of our political analysts and All-Stars. Looking forward to being there on the actual day of the primary in the evening. Thank you, Neil.
3: Thank you, Jack. Good morning, New Hampshire, powered by Sig Sauer. Now back to Jack Heath on the Pulse of New Hampshire.
0: I guess we can still say Happy New Year, right? I mean, Happy 2024, a couple days in, right? Bringing Josh McKelvin, one of our political analysts and all-stars. Looking forward to having Josh around on Tuesday, January 23rd, as we broadcast live from the West Wing at St. Anselm College in, in, Main, Greater, in Manchester area. I guess it's contiguous with Gosstown, but in Manchester, Institute of Politics. Josh, you like that, right? Josh McKelvin, how are you? Former uh, political director, WMUR-TV and McKelvin Strategies on a Tuesday. Happy New Year.
3: Happy New Year to you. And I think I think we're within the window of still being able to, you know, express the good tidings, you know, for the new calendar year. But um, I really enjoy the banter between you and J-Doc, especially, you know. you know, J-Doc, I think you should be honest with uh, Jack about your, you know, health, uh, oral issues.
0: And not hold back.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, disclosure is key. It's one thing that we've learned during this political season is people are going to find out one way or the other, right? And whether you disclose it yourself, which, you know, is a more proactive approach versus having somebody find out about it, then it has that sort of look as if there was some sort of impropriety involved. I think you just, you know, share it with them. Let them know you had a toothache.
0: Yeah, don't be reticent. I mean, I can come over and maybe we could play catch with the baseball, and if I miss, it might help you. No, I'm kidding. No, it's a back tooth.
3: You're going to have to get the pliers.
0: Or as Wayne Gretzky would say, a pocky puck. I mean, a good winter classic yesterday, unless you're a uh, uh, lost – First uh, ever shutout, by the way. I know. I was surprised. That goaltender was hot. It was. The Kraken. They sold a lot of merchandise with those scarves yesterday. They did. You know, I thought the NHL did a good job with the packaging of all that. Local Seattle – did you see in the beginning, by the way? I have to just say this and I'll move on to politics with Josh. But but it kind of ties into politics. The beginning of the game, J-Dog, or Josh, did you watch the players come in? And the Seattle Kraken when they came in, they had the local fish market guys throwing live fish, you know, over their heads as they were coming, you know, yeah, down Pike's the market. ramp. What's that?
3: It was from Pike, Pike's Market. It was fantastic. Yeah,
0: I'm just waiting for some. I'm <laughs> just laughing. The mood I'm in, right, Josh? Nothing changes. 2024. I'm just waiting for some like animal rights activist or someone to complain that that was mean. That was mean to see the fish being tossed and caught like that over the players' heads. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then celebrated with the bashing of their corpses. Yeah, I understand. <laughs>
0: all right, <laughs> all right. That, that's the first laugh of the new year, almost for me, Josh. All right, let's jump into Tuesday, January twenty third. We're not there yet. We only have what twenty one days, Josh. And this New Hampshire votes. Where's this? Where's this race at on the Republican side? Still, Trump's to lose. Does he win this thing? Is it a foregone conclusion? A conclusion, or is this a race? Well, I mean, I think it's fairly telling that uh, people
3: within the Trump camp campaign are acknowledging and conceding that, hey, Nikki Haley is going to do well. We know this. That is not the type of information or message you usually get from a Trump campaign or, or a Trump backer. It's usually you know, very boastful and, hey, we got this thing in the bag. So I think some internal numbers might be indicating, at least uh, to the Trump campaign, that this thing could be a lot closer than most people anticipate. You know, I mean, you never want to be too far ahead because, you know, uh, it's, it's important to get out the vote. And if Trump voters think, oh, we got this thing in the bag, maybe they'll forego casting a ballot that day. Because, you know, whether it's weather-related or just the busyness of life, it won't be a priority because you think they got it covered. And then if, uh, you know, Nikki Haley overperforms or uh, who knows, Chris Christie overperforms, you know, it, it, could be, it could put a heck of a dent in the campaign heading into – into south carolina and of course iowa still has to happen as well
0: well okay so it does but um well let's start with some basics historically josh mckelvin the iowa caucus winner if you will in the past hasn't really translated directly into what happens in new hampshire does it this time if trump wins iowa you know the caucus process if he's the big winner does it does it roll into new hampshire's primary or not
3: yeah, no, I think it's more impactful for uh, a Ron DeSantis campaign if he does not do well in Iowa, his campaign is going to be taking on water in a hurry uh, because he's really banked more in Iowa than he has uh, doing well in New Hampshire. Not to say that he hasn't been present, but he has uh, spent more time in Iowa and uh, kind of the evangelicals and and things like that. If he doesn't do well in Iowa, I think that will have a tremendous impact on whether he stays in through the New Hampshire primary or takes a look at a Trump alternative like a Nikki Haley. Uh, most likely, or, you know, Chris Christie, who I don't see dropping out any time uh, between now and the primary, certainly, uh, and the New Hampshire primary. And will likely stick around for at least the early four states, depending on how well he does.
0: All right, Josh, I guess now let's switch gears to the next few weeks. Nikki sure. Haley's been up here a lot. Trump's been up here a lot. You can't say either one of them can't say they haven't been working in New Hampshire Nikki Haley's been having a ton of town hall events. Trump's been doing his rally thing. I think the most recent was with the UNH. So I guess the big story is, do, are the independent voters, are those undeclared, going to play enough on the Republican side since there's no real contest and they're trying to get people to write in Biden? Are, are enough independent and, and, and undeclared sort of non-Trump-based type voters sure. going to vote, yes or no?
4: well uh, I, I think a lot
3: of them will will it make enough to maybe be enough to make a difference we'll see, but there's a, a group out there making a strong effort called primary power uh, trying to you know get the undeclared voters out there and they 've made no secret about the fact that this is uh, as much as it is a civics lesson to let undeclared voters know that they can you know grab a ballot from either side right it's also an effort to uh, you know, anybody but Trump, basically. Uh, they they yeah, have serious problems with Trump's campaign, some of the events that took place during his presidency. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we'll see more activity on that side than than we have in a long time, if not ever before. But the Trump lead, you know, has been so large and seemingly insurmountable for so long. Um, it's, I mean, it's going to take a confluence of circumstances for there to be a major upset here in New Hampshire. And it would be a monumental upset if Trump were to lose or let's say that Nikki Haley finishes within the margin of error that close. She will certainly be the story and will be a negative uh, story for Donald Trump. Even if he wins by a couple of points, that's an underperformance as right. far as expectations are concerned. And the national narrative changes, right? They head into South Carolina. Trump's campaign is limping. South Carolina, <laughs> that's, this is the golden scenario for Nikki Haley, you know, former governor of South Carolina, right. uh, does well, overperforms in New Hampshire, goes into her home state. Suddenly, this is anybody's ballgame, and I think this is very possible. So the undeclared voters, back to your original question, they can play a major role in this. Will they? Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of them turn out. out. Will they uh, change the outcome of this in a way that would shock a lot of people? Uh, I think that's a coin flip, but I think it's a real possibility.
0: Well, the thing I've noticed in the past is the narrative going into New Hampshire, especially for the national media, is not the story come the morning after or the night of the election. New Hampshire does send a pr- surprise more often than not. The question is, will it happen again? Josh McKelvin, we'll catch you real soon. Of course, former WMUR-TV political director and McKelvin strategist, catch you real soon. Josh McKelvin, good morning, New Hampshire. The Pulse of powered by Sig Sauer. Thank you, Josh.
3: Thanks, Jack. Talk
0: soon. Doug Tengden, Worldwide Market Perspective, taking a look on the economic side of things as we get going in 2024. Welcome now. We don't have to keep saying n- next year, next year, 20... 20- We're there, Doug. And the question is... I kind of feel more of the same and maybe some easing but probably not to the second half of the year that you're going to feel it on any interest rates sliding down a little bit. Doug take it away. Good morning. Happy New Year.
4: Happy New Year, Jack. Yeah. No, that's that's what all the all the uh um talking heads are saying is that easing in the second half of the year. But I think they're wrong. Again, you know, they were wrong last year when they when they all predicted a recession. They all said, oh, leading economic indicators and the yield curve. They, they're always right, and, and we're going to see a big recession. And they were all wrong about that. And I think they're wrong about the Fed as well. I think the Fed moves earlier than expected. They move in March. And the reason is, you know, they don't like to be political. There's lots of us who like to stay out of the political limelight. And, and, and it's worth it. I mean, the economy is showing non-inflationary growth now. They, they uh, stuck the landing, and now it's time to get interest rates back to normal. So I, I, think, uh, I think we'll see rates lower sooner than expected. Uh, that's, that's, that's my big expectation for 2024.
0: Doug, you know, yesterday was one of those days, I don't know, it was actually nice and chill to stay in, and usually you're on the run, you know, going into New Year's, the the holiday, Christmas week, New Year's. It was just nice, great sports on, winter classic, college football, fun stuff. So I was reading a little bit in between stuff just about, you know, real estate values, different parts of the uh, country, you know, hot markets, cooler markets. And the narrative I got was – Home values, at least in our region and a lot of so-called hot regions in the country, are going to stay relatively strong, meaning the, the the price of homes probably not coming down much, due mostly to three things. People with those low historic, probably never again 3% fixed mortgage rates aren't going to give those up, nor should they. And number two, not a lot of new inventory in some parts of the country, and the, the demand or the price of housing is still very expensive. So the feeling is the demand for a home whether to lease rent or buy is still going to stay strong
4: I, I think that's perfectly reasonable jack the The way for housing prices to fall is to have some kind of a banking crisis that 's what we had you know right. fifteen years ago is when the banks get jingle mail and they get the house, they get the keys in the mail um, because people are upside down on their mortgages that 's when they have to cut the prices um, and and just move it out and that that 's not happening here the, people are, are fine the economy is strong enough and people are hanging on to their houses and yeah they've got big three percent mortgages so why why give it up i do think it when mortgages come back down to five and a half percent or something closer to that we'll see more inventory we'll see more people um willing to buy at that level versus the seven, you know six seven and even eight percent mortgages we saw before so i do think lower rates definitely help the housing market they help uh, that aspect of the economy, but other aspects of the economy are are, are going to grow, just not just not as strong as they did in 2023. All
0: right, Doug tangton worldwide market perspective. Enjoy your Tuesday, thank you, Doug.
4: Jack, you have a great week.